Aleluya. Sin. 
that through his obedience we might be counted in the fold of God. If I were to ever step into the throne of God today, God would not look at me as somebody who is still trying to do it. The work of Jesus gave God new eyes. There is no other way he can see you and me except through Jesus Christ. He is the glasses through which God sees all living things. God was in Jesus Christ. Not imputing the world against their sins, but reconciling the world to Christ. <clears throat> While we were yet enemies of God, He loved us and sent His own Son. <clears throat> and I kept saying to the God, Jesus is real. He is real. He is real. He is real. What is it that will make a man forsake all and follow him? Peter and his brother Andrew and James and John were mending their nets. They were mending their nets. Jesus said, come and follow me. The Bible says they left all. They left all. They left all. They left all and followed him. What value? What was in Jesus that a man, a man with the same mind, shall leave all and I'll follow you without any prospects of a better future? When he came to them, he didn't come showing off his cars, his yachts, his houses. He had nothing materially tangible that would make him follow them, make them follow him. But they followed him. When they come to a cross road, a break point in their relationship with him, when everybody was leaving Jesus, and Jesus asked those women asked to follow him, he said, Do you also want to leave? One of them stood up and said, Where shall we go? For in you we have found the words of life. Today, Christians want Jesus because he can give them something. Today, we want him because he will bless our things. Peter said, not because of what you can give us, but from your words is life. One man, Judas, gave Jesus a value. He said he's worth 30 pieces of silver. He valued him to be worth 30 pieces. Jesus, Jesus, 30 pieces of silver, Jesus. In your life today, how much are you selling it for? What is his worth in your life? What is his value in your life? So when we say, tell him you love him, he said, he that is forgiven much, love him much. 
said, Simon, I came into your house, you did not give me water. I came into your house, you did not wash my feet. But this woman, whose sins are greater than yours, washed my feet with her very own hand. He says, therefore, he that loveth much, he that is forgiven much, shall love much. The extent of your love for Jesus Christ will be measured by how much you value his forgiveness in your life. Some of us know without him, And when we're worshiping like this, you're looking at the time. When will we finish? When will we finish? Yet because of what he did for me and you, you all need to ask yourself in the pit of hell, when will this burning stop? Conveniences, my preferences. Jesus is what my heart yearns for. Sometimes our hearts try to tell us that we want Jesus, but our minds, because of its corruption and inclination to pollution, tells us we don't need Him. Yet you know inside you that you need Him. You will not stop me from worshiping him, from loving him, from knowing him. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I am not sure that I will do his perfect will. Every day I try and try to please him, to love him, to understand his ways, to know his will. Fast. We don't see you, but we love you. Our spirits tell us you are real, so we believe it. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 1. Amen. So, I... 
God said this to me when I was praying in the morning. He said, except I cleanse you and sanctify you, you cannot know what I desire for you to know. So last week we began touching on, on something, the priesthood, right? But I realized in sharing what, I was, what we were sharing that it will require that I focus on this subject on his own. So what we're going to do is that from today, we will start a new series. We'll pause the one on the second Adam, right? The first and second Adam. We'll start the new the priesthood and the kingdom. The priesthood and the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Adam did not have the priesthood. The priesthood was introduced after the fall. But what Adam had was a kingdom. So today I'm going to ask you several questions, alright? So be ready to answer. Is that fine? Amen. Uh, write this down, right? Because it will, it will form the anchor of our series. The priesthood. The priesthood is the greater system established by God. Hallelujah. The priesthood is the greatest system established by God. I've been trying for I think three years now, three years, yes, three years, around three years to teach this particular series, but I couldn't uh, teach it because we needed to get to a certain point in our spirituality and also on a personal level, certain things the Spirit of God needed to bring me into to, 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 to mature and season my understanding of this thing. But I say to you that the priesthood is the greatest system that God has ever established. So we'll explain what the priesthood is, right? But it is the greatest system that God has ever established. Every other thing hangs on the integrity of the priesthood. Adam was not a priest. He was not a priest. He was born a king. Says, let them have dominion. Now, who can tell me? Which in all the Bible, which of the kingdoms that were in the Bible that had the greatest and longest reign? Whose kingdom in the Bible was the greatest? 
Solomon, yes. Yep. Who had the greatest kingdom in the Bible? Who? David. Why David? It still continues. Why is it still continued? Yes, why is it still continued? You're right. Why is it still continued? Excuse me? Yes, Jesus. The kingdom, the kingdom, you are 100% right. The kingdom of David is the greatest kingdom and it still continues. But the reason. No, that's not the reason. Another one? Okay, okay, yes. Yes. David is the only king. The only king. David. Look at me. David is the only king that was a king, a prophet, and a priest. Now, Mr. Bali said, Jesus took over his throne. Right? So, that tells us that the design of the dominion of Christ would have been and should have been according to the similitude of a kingdom that existed in time that not only had the kingship but provided the prophetic but was also a real manifestation of the priesthood. So David was a king, priest, prophet. Incidentally, he is the only king to have never lost a battle. David never lost a battle. He had never gone to war and lost. Follow. Now there were other kings in the in the Bible who went to war and lost. David is the only king without the ark. Other kings needed the ark. David never needed the ark to precede Jehoshaphat. The prophetic word said to him, "Tell put the priest before you put the ark." Not David. So David is a king that provides us with the shadow of the reality that's fulfilled in Christ. That no kingdom is as strong as the priesthood is it establishes. So David prevailed because the priesthood was his number one office. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may in of for and what inquire in his temple. The inquiry. 
of men is the responsibility of the priesthood. Remember when they had went to war and they came back and they found that all their children, their wives were taken by one uh, of the nations? What? And everybody wanted to stone David. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then the Bible says David did something. He took what? He took the urine and the tumin. That were in the epoch. He took the epoch and did what? And went to go inquire of the Lord and ask, Shall I go? And will, I, will they be handed into my hands? God said, Go. Into your hands I'll deliver this. The power of the priesthood. The power of the priesthood. And notice, the priesthood cannot be interfaced by other beings except men. That's why even when Melchizedek came, he came as a man. Though he was without number of days, nor did he have any father or mother, but he came as a man. Why? Because the priesthood is the order that is facilitated by the creation of God called man. So man is the interfacer of the spirit dimension and the earth dimension. He is the one that bridges all the gaps. The angels don't know God except what they learn from men. You follow me? The stars, the moon, the galaxies, they all must learn of God through men because man is the physical or physical representation of who God is. Let us make man in our own image. So man is the only image in God, in the likeness of God that creation can see and learn something about God. So the reason for the priesthood is an interfacing of dimensions, an interfacing of the reality of God. So I must see God, but I must be inter God must be interfaced to me. Do you understand that? He must be interfaced to me. Let me use a, 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 a more simpler word. He must be represented to me. So the priesthood is the representation of the nature and character of God. So the role, the role, the, the highest role of the priesthood is one thing. Is to have hold the holiness, holiness of God before his It is one thing. It is for the upholding of God's holiness to creation. Remember, he says, the throne is founded by righteousness and holiness. So the foundation of the throne of God is righteousness and holiness. So what carries the What carries the throne is the cherub, is the seraphim. The Bible said they are, they are the wheels of the throne of God. That's what carries the throne. But in reality, the function of the four living creatures, the face of an ox, the face of a man, the face of an eagle, the face of the lion, all that has to do with the priesthood. So they are the carriers of the throne of God. They transport the throne of God. That is why every time Israel needed to fight a battle, the ark of God needed to precede them. Because their primary duty was to what was to promote and exalt and represent God's holiness. So when, when they carried the act before the enemies of the Lord, it was the holiness of God, the integrity of God that was before them. 
When David tried to bring back the ark into Jerusalem, what happened? He put the cart into what? Into, 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 into oxen. And the Bible says the anger of the Lord rose against those who transported it. Because from the beginning, David discovered later, it was not so. The priest was supposed to bear the ark. So the priest who is there to bear the ark, to be carriers of the holiness of God, Remember, you were born again for this reason. Romans chapter 1. So everywhere the, where the priesthood is established, you will find God's glory. You will find God's presence. You will find God's power. Because the priesthood is the capacity for God to release himself. So why does it exist? To exalt the holiness of God. Is that important? <laughs> I will show you. Chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 1. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning, concerning, he says, says, whatever God promised in the gospel is concerning who? His son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was what? Born. Born. Of what? Born the seed of David. Do you see that? Born of what? <laughs> Born of the? The Bible is just trying to be polite. Born of the sperm of David. Now you can see how tight Jesus is linked to David. He says he's born of his He's born, that means he's the son of David. Right? Jesus is the son of David. I, I want to explain this because of what we're going to read now. Born of the seed of David according to the flesh. In terms of his genealogy, uh, genealogy, uh, uh, genealogy in the natural, in the flesh, David. Why not Abraham? <laughs> Is not Abraham the father of all the Jewish people? Yes, even the father of David, right? But why is it he, he, he begins his origin from David, not Abraham? Is according to the flesh, not Abraham, David. According, right? And then listen to this. Listen to this. And what? And what? And what? Ordain, declare, to decree to be the Son of God. According to the flesh, is according to the seed of David. 
but he is declared what the son of god with power the son of god would declare the son of god with power he could tell you declare the son of god with power who declared him so god right papa god right according to the spirit of holy it was this operation of the spirit of holiness that declared jesus to be a son of god so except through the operation of the spirit of holiness that declaration could not be pronounced upon him so it was the spirit of what of holiness that was involved in the ordaining of the son of god remember jesus christ was only the he was only the son of god after he became flesh John chapter 1. In Matthew, when did God say you are my son? When he was born. So it will tell you something. If he says you are my son, up until that point you are still the son of Joseph according to the lineage of David. But when God, after he was baptized, after the Spirit of God came upon him, God declared him to be the Son of God with power. But it was only at age 30 that he was declared the Son of God with power. Not until then, not earlier, nor later. So all this time, he was not the Son of God. He was declared the Son of God. According to the Spirit of Holiness, so we can we can also say the Holy Spirit. Think about this. It says with power, with power. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Before it state he was not anointed. Because the declaration from God had not come. You are my son. John. No, Jesus was always the Son of God. We are Pumpa. Oh, yeah? Yeah, really. Let's read this thing. Verse 14. Verse 15, please. Verse 15, everybody. Verse 14. The Son of God became flesh. Yeah? Who? So before he was the Son of God, who was he? So he is only the Son of God because he became flesh. That they live. Follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> and the Word became flesh. So Jesus, before his coming, was the Word, not the Son. There was no such thing as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me show you. First John. In only Rudali Amen. 
verse number seven. Chapter five, first John. Chapter five, verse seven. Please read. In where there are three that bear witness. Where heaven. Remember, heaven is a place before no time, no space, no dimension. So it is. It is not. He's not referring to the time when Jesus was. So he says there are three that bear witness in heaven. Who? The Father. Why didn't John say the Son? Because in chapter 1, he spoke about the Son. Who does he say here? Because it's, it, is, it is before what? It is before his becoming flesh. So he says, in heaven there are three that bear witness. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the Trinity, right or wrong? Right or wrong? It's the Trinity, right? Why is it? It is not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Unto us a child is, and a son is, his name shall be called. After he becomes a son, not when he's a child. And when did he become a son? When he was declared to be the son of God with power by the spirit of holiness. So his ordination, his coronation into the dominion that comes with being the son of son of God. Came at age 30. The child is born. But the child must be what? The son must be what? Is the son that's given to the world, not the child. And it's the name of the son, not the name of the child. The name of the child is Emmanuel. When you see the child, oh God is with us. But God is not doing anything. But it is the name of the son who is the what? Eternal Father, mighty God, Prince of Peace that we see. So I'm just trying to show you that Jesus, before he became flesh, there was no such thing as the Son of God known in heaven. He was the Word and the Word, not the Son, and the Word. It is the Word that became flesh that became the Son. That's full name. Let's go back. John 1, the priesthood and the kingdom. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when he became what? Flesh. He was what? Born of the Father. So that's when God gave birth to Jesus, the only begotten of the Father. So when he was declared the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness. What, 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 what is he really saying to us? Is he saying that it is because the Holy Spirit came upon him is he saying that it's because the spirit of holiness was working that God says you are my son? It tells us there is something much more that was taking place in the Jordan. 
than what we are reading. Because what we are reading is that he gets there, he, he is baptized, he comes out, the Holy Spirit comes, the voice comes, he's in the wilderness. But Romans 1 is telling us that something deeper is going on there. Because he uses the expression, the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness is the one that God used to declare Jesus the Son of God with power. So he's saying true power comes from the holiness of God. Moses was the most powerful prophet. Not because he was eloquent, he was a stutterer. He was the most powerful prophet because Moses, the Bible says, was So there was something about the life of Jesus up until 30 years that is veiled from the scriptures but revealed in the spirit when you walk with the Lord. It is that Jesus in his time from one year to 30 years, the Lord was training him in holiness. He was a Nazarene, true or false. What was the requirement for the Nazarenes? You will not cut your pain. You will not what? Drink. Why? Right? That, that was the protocol for being a Nazarene. But the, the highest expression of being a Nazarene was that you would be separated unto God. So Jesus was a Nazarene from birth. And because of that, he was separated unto God from birth. There are certain things he could not do because he was separated unto God. When others were doing other things, Jesus was separated. When others were doing that, Jesus was being separated. Why? Because one day he knew he would be declared the Son of God with power. With power. So he's declared the Son of God with power by the Spirit of holiness. When John said, I'm the one that's supposed to be baptized, but Jesus said, no, suffer it so. He said, suffer it so. You, you, you know what? He, no, let's just tolerate this. Until the whole righteousness is fulfilled. He knew Jesus is the one. He knew because the prophecy says, who, who, who must increase and have us decrease. So he says, because we want to fulfill all, right, all righteousness, all righteousness, all righteousness, all righteousness. Remember, Zechariah, the father of John, was a priest. So John was raised as a Levite, even though he was a prophet. Because the priesthood was what? According to the order of the Levite. So Jesus was doing something much more than just being baptized by John. Remember, the transference of gifts. The transference of spirit, the transference of order happens through the laying on of hands. Yes, so John represented the Levitical or the Aaronic priesthood that needed to be transferred because Jesus came from the lineage of Judah and it was said nothing of the priesthood but from Judah. But there was a what? There was an opening, an allocation, an allowance that existed before in Exodus 19. If you shall heed my voice, all 
all of you that means Judah, Levi, Reuben shall be what? A kingdom of priests unto me. So that thing in the spirit was still there, even though Israel lost it. So that's why it was possible for what? For, for the priesthood to come arise again from Judah. And God left when he brought Melchizedek. We'll talk about Melchizedek sometime in the future. When he, when he brought Melchizedek before the order of the priesthood. Because Melchizedek was the prince of the king of Satan who arose from Judah. That was the higher priesthood to which Jesus Christ would acclaim to. But now John the Baptist was the physical representation of the Levitical priesthood and he needed to transfer it. So you cannot transfer priesthood in the presence of filth. Because the priesthood is the custodian of holiness. So according to the spirit of holiness, he needed to be a son for him to carry the priesthood. As a child, he could not continue it. So he, he must be a son. But a son declared by the spirit of the holiness. I'll show you how that relates into the New Testament, into the, the born again experience. Holiness, without which no one can see the Lord. So this tells us something, that in the years leading to the coming of the Lord, there is only one thing that is important. Holiness and righteousness. Those two are the most important thing in the last days, but it is the most missing thing today. The doctrine of holiness. I should teach on that one day. And righteousness. The thing that is important in, in the bringing in of the glory of God into his church is missing. <laughs> so we have a pseudo priesthood that carries or has the form of godliness but no power. Because power is brought siphoned by what? It's sourced from the spirit of holiness. So you cannot say that you are a minister of God and have power but don't walk in holiness. What is holiness? Is the Hebrew word Kadesh. The Greek word Hagios or Hagizmo. It means to be hallowed. To be separated from the masses. It means to be sanctified. It's not just a purity. It's a sanctity. It's a separation that takes place. So the Holy Spirit is called what? The Hegios Numa. The, the set apart spirit. The sacred spirit. He visions. So you are born again. And you are born again, then they tell you, you are a king. You are a king, you are a queen, you are a prince. Prince command, kings declare, kings decree. Hmm? Again, there's power in your ways. You are powerful, O king. 
Time for kings to rise, to kill the giants. Your Goliaths are about to be destroyed. Speak to your Goliaths. Destroy your Goliaths. For every Goliath, there's a David. This is a generation where the Lord is raising the Davids to slay the giants. The giants are falling. Come on, prophesy. The giants are falling. The giants of poverty, the giants of sickness, the giants are falling. Davids are rising. Greed, sin, filthiness, the giants are rising. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. The body of Christ is its stands today. Throughout the entire world, we'll talk about the whole body of Christ. executes a corrupted anointing. It works for its corrupted. We are still corrupted, polluted, diluted, deconcentrated. Why? It is holiness that is the concentration of power. Holiness, righteousness. Your spirit doesn't come alive until these two attributes in your life are exalted. So call me by Ephesians chapter 4. You there? <laughs> Jesus, oh, I'm saying some things, Lord God Almighty. Verse 24, chapter 4. And that you put on the new man, that you, you, you put on who? The new man, which was created. Follow me. According to, according to, according to, according, we, we, we will dissect this born again thing, this Christian thing, which is created according to your, the new man that you must put on, is created according to God. That means God is the form to which this new man comes. In what? Hey, yeah. In what? Oh, if you, don't be afraid. Read that, please. In what? Wait. He says the new man is created according to God. In what? What the two attributes that stand out? In true righteousness and true. That means there's a false righteousness. So he says in true righteousness and holiness, you put, that new man is created in true righteousness and holiness. 
So the spirit that you have is according to true righteousness and holiness. So you don't come into the reality of Christianity until true righteousness and holiness in your life are unfolded. But I pray, I attend church, I worship. You are doing all the right things but with the wrong spirit. So when you talk about the new creation, we are talking about the new man who is created in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness. So it cannot be that the highest order in the kingdom is the throne. It cannot be. The highest order can only be one thing, the priesthood. Because the throne does not exalt God's holiness. It distributes and demonstrates God's power. But it is the priesthood that demonstrates His holiness and His righteousness. So David lasted, is lasting up until today. He says, I will rebuild. Remember what God said in, 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 in Acts? He says, I will what? I will rebuild the temple of David. Why? The priesthood. So, what is the priesthood? In simple terms, it is the bridge between God and man. It is, it is, it is an order established by God to cater for the things of God and the things of man. So, the priest offers to God the things that come from man. It is a system. It is a system. In its lowest form, remember, in its lowest form, never, don't forget this, in its lowest form, it is a preservation system against sin. So we see God the priest in the garden. When God now slays a sheep, and from the sheep, take the skin and put it on her to cover their nakedness. Because they use feet. So before God could take them out of the garden, he showed them something. That you must cover your nakedness at all times with what? With skin, with blood. Because that is the only thing that can atone for your sin. And to momentarily stay my judgment. So God is the first priest in the garden. Because he is the one that killed for Adam. He killed a sheep in the garden. To cover their nakedness. Because if they went out with figs, God would have killed them. So in his law, I said his lowest form is a preservation system against sin. So the priesthood preserves a people, a nation, and preserves a locality from God's judgment. So the priesthood is a war against judgment. That I said is what? It's lowest function. So the priest stood on behalf of the sin of the people and the judgment of God. 
So what was transacted through him is what we call what? Righteousness, forgiveness. Because he atones for the sins of man and his own sins, averting the judgment of God. Therefore, releasing the what? The atonement and the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm a key. We have forgotten. He washed us in his own blood and made us what? Kings and priests. To God. To God. To God. The Bible calls it an honor. It is a gift. The priesthood is a gift. Numbers. Chapter 17. <coughs> 18, 18, sorry. And you shall attend to the duties of the sanctuaries. He's talking to Aaron. And the duties of the altar. That there may be no more wrath on the children of Israel. You see that? Did you see that? That's the duties of the priesthood. Behold, I myself have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. They are a gift to you. Given by the Lord to do the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Therefore you... And your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood. Everything at the altar behind the veil. And you shall what? Serve. I what? I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. But the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. Since I give the priesthood to you as a gift. So the priesthood is a gift. Is a gift. Do you understand that? Just like, just like the fivefold ministry are gifts. The priesthood is a gift, but it is not a gift distributed to the fivefold. It's a gift distributed to a people that is what that is created according to God in true holiness and righteousness. So the way, the only way to exercise this gift is through one way: holiness and righteousness. We have a gift that's unused in the body of Christ. Because we've been told a lie, sold a lie. Notice, in, 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 in the purpose of the existence of the fivefold ministry gifts, the Bible tells us that they will exist until 
So there is a time allocated for its existence. So there will not be a need for an apostle in heaven. There will not be a need for an apostle or a prophet in heaven, an evangelist. There will be no need for those things. Because their occupation, their duty is until. But to the priesthood, to the gift of priesthood, there is no end. Because it's an interfacing ministry. That's why I say in its lowest form. Because you ask, what if when all sin is done away with, will the priesthood stop? No, it was not created in the first place for the sin. Sin is its lowest form because of the fall of man. That's why God instituted it and not the kingdom. So when, when, when Adam fell, God began to hide the kingdom behind the priesthood. So it's the priesthood that we see. But the dominion of Moses tells us, oh, that this is the power of a king. So the lie we've been sold is that it is the responsibility of the fivefold ministry gift to stand in the gift of the priesthood. The priesthood and the fivefold are two different things. That's why Jesus could be anything from apostle to pastor. Why? He was a priest. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 1, for every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this he is required as for the people, so also as for himself to offer up sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God just as Aaron was so also Christ did not glorify himself to become a high priest, but it was said to him, <laughs> You are what? Oh, Jesus, today I have. He also says in another place, You are a priest for a priest for, but he's not an apostle. But he's a priest forever. And he uses, he uses two instances to communicate one thing. That Jesus did not declare himself to be who he is. But it was said to him, you are my son. The same one who said you are my son is the same one who gave him and said you are a priest forever. So he's a high priest because he was declared to be so. So if you are declared to be a son by the spirit of holiness, it was the same spirit in operation they declared to be a priest forever. Forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. Forever. He's a priest forever. He lives 33 years to intercede 2,000 years. Which minister is great? Three years he was functioning as the son of God, 
functioning as the apostle, the Messiah, the Christ. And then for over 2,000 years, verse 7, he's able to save, chapter, chapter 7, unto the uttermost those who come to him, for he lives and makes him a sacrifice. Continually, he ever lives to live 33 years to for 2,000 years. Why? The reason why he had to come was to institutionalize a new order. To bring many sons into glory. The same sons are what? The priests. So when the Bible says that creation is groaning in expectation and waiting for the manifestation, they are, all, they are waiting for their sons to become priests. It is not kingship that will, that will make us terrorize this earth. It is priesthood. Adam fell in priesthood. Adam fell in kingship. So God knew that the, 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 the likelihood of us also falling in kingship is very high. So he says, let me give them the higher order. The priesthood. So creation is waiting for the sons to become priests. But the sons are too busy wanting to become kings. That's why the body of Christ is polluted with all this juggernaut nonsense. Confess is yours. And you spend all your days, is mine in the name. Is mine in the name of Jesus. Is mine. It's a system that Satan uses to make you forfeit your priesthood duties. Because as a priest, your, your own is to offer up sacrifices and gives unto God. It is his duty to bless you. He said, you shall not have any portion with these ones. I have your portion. Ah, Jesus. I'm busy trying to command the loose. I command. I command. How long have you been commanding? Let's talk. How long have you been commanding? How long have you been confessing? There is power in the word of a king. <laughs> he declared the son with power according to what? The spirit of holiness. The same spirit that, that works in the, in the priesthood. Aaron was required to be more holier. Listen, you cannot be more righteous than you are, but you can be more holy or less holy. Holiness has degrees. Holiness is measured. We are all holy the same. We are not only holy, holy the same. If we are all holy the same, we would all see God the same. That's why some of you hear voices. You hear voices. Not a the voice. Voices. Is because of the lack of holiness. One moment is God, the next I don't not show. Sure. The next moment I don't know. Why well, there's no holiness? How could Jesus descend the spirit? The Bible says they came running to him and say, We know who you are, you holy one of God. Even the holiness in the life of Jesus got the attention of demons. Whenever you can sit next to a Nietzsche. You will not say nothing. <laughs> you can sit next to a legion, you will not say nothing. When legion saw Jesus from the tomb, 
He, he knew that there was somebody coming. I have never sensed this presence before. I have never sensed this purity before. I have never sensed this cleanness before. The man came running. The Bible says the man, the man had a legion. Bowed. It was the man that bowed down to Jesus. Not the legions. The man says he bowed down and worshipped him. You can see in the midst of my God. In the midst of demons. And they still keep quiet. Why there's no humanities. You smell like that. So the, the smell you possess is not the smell. It's the smell of God mixed with the smell of the world. It smells the same. So there's a there's a there's a in 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 in, in, in them smelling you, your scent is mixed. So they're not afraid of you. The Bible talks about putting off what? The filthy garment. In truth, it says put off the filthy garment. The filthy garment. Some of us are like Joshua the high priest. We are standing before God with filthy garment. That's why Satan is unable to stand beside you and accuse you. We are majoring on what is right using wrong systems. We tell people to pray. But we are, we are using prayer as, as a machine to bring whatever we want from God. Yeah. The, the reason why prayer exists is because of the priesthood. The strength of prayer is in the understanding of the priesthood. God does not exist for you. You exist for Him. So every medium He initiates and creates, it is for your sake. But you must learn how to use, utilize it in His purity. Because the same like Moses, you can use his power because of what? Your own ego. And still not be what? Sanctified before the people. So the challenge in the latter days is to get to a point in our understanding and concept of the word of God and who we really are and what we must really do. And bring it all into one. And realize that God is looking for one thing. That the only thing that will make you part of the bride is one. That you may be washed by the cleansing of the water of the world without any wrinkle or spot. That thing is holiness. That thing is righteousness. So when we say God is building his church by his spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that is in it. Holy Spirit. Oh, not filthy spirit. Holy Spirit. They are unclean spirits. But it is Holy Spirit that built his church. So if Holy Spirit is the one building his church, your spirit must also be holy. So we, we, we are filthy spirits trying to relate to a Holy Spirit. Can your spirit be filthy? I was... Why would you tell me to put on the human? Let me show you. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you. Dear Jesus, First Corinthians. Is it first or second? Second. Chapter 7. Magaloso Kopataya San. Verse 1, therefore having these promises, beloved, therefore having these 
promises, beloved. Verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us what? Let us what? Let us what? Look at it. Let us what? From what? Filthiness of what? Filthiness of what? And of what? Our Holy Ghost says, Fed yourself from what? Filthiness of the flesh. And this, this filthiness of the flesh, this filthiness of what? Spirit. Pride is the filthiness of the spirit. Anger, unforgiveness, those are filthiness of this malice, filthiness of the spirit. Lying. Lying is a filthiness. And I want to tell you something, you who like lying. Let me tell you by Bible. Let me tell you by Bible. So that in case you think that it's me, I'm making this thing up. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Outside what? The gates of the city. It says whoever loves inside Jerusalem, no liar exists. Lord, who is he that shall stand in your holy place? But he who loves truth in his inner part parts. You cannot practice a lie. It says who loves and practices a lie. Who loves and practices a lie. It says you are in the same class as the sexually immoral, the dogs, the witches. You will not enter in. Listen, the Bible says, since you have come unto Christ, do not lie to one another. Lies will take you to hell. A sin will take you to hell. Because when you lie, the Bible says, let every man be a liar, let God be true. You are opposing God because the Bible says Satan from the beginning was what? A liar. So you are emulating the character of Satan. How can you expect to enter heaven? <coughs> I just a lie. Just a little lie. Huh? Just a little, little lie. That you will be shocked if you ever die. Some of you think you contract diseases through viruses in the cold. No, I was exposed to the cold. That's why. Some of it is the, is the amalgamation of your lies. Are we, you don't know what diseases you are contracting in the spirit of life. He says lying is a spirit. He says from the beginning he's a liar. He is a liar from the beginning. Satan was a liar from the beginning. So every time you lie, what are you doing? You are, you are attracting that spirit. You lie until even your conscience agrees that what you are saying is the truth. 
You will fight them tooth and nail. No, I'm telling you the truth. Huh. You will step before the great judge. Bible says, unto him all things are revealed. You will step before him. Continue lying. Next thing it will be your back. You'll be walking like this. Tears in the man. It's your lies. Elisha al Sabon. Elisha al Sabon. It's your lies. Your hearing is deteriorating by the day. Last year, no Lies. That's what's destroying me. It says, confess your faults to one another. Then you may be healed. So if you don't, if you wrong, if you wrong me or I wrong you, and don't come back to say, you know, I wrong you, I was at fault. What are you doing? You are, you are. You are, you are causing whatever it is that will harm you to, to progress and continue. He who practices, so lying is an occupation, it's a practice, it's a profession. <laughs> you know what's the reasoning? Habayitimus. But where Don't get to a point where you are regarded as a liar. But by that time you are sitting. By the time say you are a liar. That means this thing is in you, is with you. You are it. A little good lie won't hurt nobody. It's hurting you. That was a prophetic word for someone.
about two seconds. starting now to have different opinions about whether Christians should tithe and offer or why and this and that or this or that. There's a spirit behind it. That spirit its only agenda is one thing. You, you must understand how the spirit realm works. If Satan can convince you in a truth that exists in the Bible to see it as not being so, it will be because by then your gut is down to start moving into other areas and other subjects in the word of God to remove to, to sway you astray. So what's happening is that Satan is trying to weaken the God of the body of Christ. It's not about the tithing, it's not about the giving. Those things are just baits to get us to chew on. To get us to sit down and, but this thing, this thing, this thing, you know, driving, living nice, all those things, they are abuse of a reality that does not make it false. You judge the man, not the reality of the thing. Protect your faith. If, if by now, you are not convinced that these things are what God desires from us. That means you've been doing it not for the sake of what you have heard in the world. It's because of it. So Satan is trying to is trying to strengthen the voice of men above the voice of God. So that when now the man speaks, even if what he says is not in the Bible, he will believe it. This generation is not like the generation. Of the church of Berea. This generation is done. It's easy to say, it says they may no longer be what? Tossed to and fro by every which of doctrine. So you can see those who are being tossed to and fro. One moment you believe this, the next moment you believe that. Wind of doctrine. It's a wind. So be careful not to mistake the opinion of men. For the reality and the truth of God's word. If you have questions that bear you, study the word of God for yourself. Go to God and say, God, open my eyes and help me understand these things. And 
read the Bible. You read the Bible. Because that's where your answers will come from. If the Bible does not convince you, brothers and sisters, you are sorry. If the words of man sway you more than the word of God, you are sorry. You are sorry. So, protect your faith. Are you listening to me? Protect it. And what we are, we are seeing is just a foretaste of what's coming. There are many other things Satan will try to do. So this year has been a very tough year for the body of Christ. A very tough year. It's the new year. Today, Hebrews, Jews are celebrating uh, the Rosh Hashanah. It's a new year, so it's the year 5718. New year. With New Year's, more refined, more strategic, more planned out strategies to swears. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. Jesus is coming back very soon. I used to believe, I used to think that it's probably between 2050 and 2060. But it's coming way sooner than look through all the signs the Bible is every one of them has taken place except seven which will take place in the next few years our own brothers and sisters Jesus says if you enjoy till the end you will be saved the most important asset you have today is your faith faith in God, your faith in Jesus, your faith in His Word, your faith. Don't let anything, anyone <coughs> give in from that. Because if you lose your faith, you lose your anger. Hold on to your faith. I listen to you. Faith that is based on the Word of God. Hold on to it. Amen. It's all about your faith. Protect it, defend it by all means. Alright? Yes. Let's never get to a point where the man that serve God become bigger than the word that they should serve. Let's never get to that point where even we become bigger than the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand on our feet. Father Jesus, we bless you, we thank you, we honor you. You are helping us by your spirit and teaching us the things that are necessary for us to know and understand and live by. Your spirit whom you have given us 
We ask that He continually helps us in achieving the desires and the objectives to which you, 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 You've called us into. To live a life that is pleasing unto You and bearing fruit that accords with righteousness. Help us understand reality. Help us walk in reality. And help us discover again our life by the Spirit of truth. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for...